All right, guys. It seems we're live here. After a lot of trials and tribulations, right away I'm answering the question, can you live stream with the A7S 3 and a USB-C cable plugged right into the studio or the studio display? Now, right away Google was telling me no. They were saying you can't do that. I powered through, and it seems that you can do it. Now, I'm going to check real quick that my audio sounds good because I'm doing something kind of naughty. I'm actually using the Studio Display microphone, but I'm using the beautiful A7S III as the webcam. And as you can see here, I have my Studio Display. I have my little trusty MacBook Pro. I see my little face on the screen here. See? Face on the screen here. See? Face on the screen here. And we're going to do a quick check one, two, check one, two. Quick check one, two, check one. Wow. And there we go. Well, the answer is yes, you can. If you power through and you don't give up, you can stream without using any streaming software uh, right into YouTube. Now, I am using Google Chrome. I tried Safari. It said, no, no, don't even try. I tried Firefox, which is kind of my go-to browser. It seemed to want to let me, but then I kept getting this error, which the error is, what is the error called? It's called, basically it's like um, your proxy, it's your, you're shooting the PC setup is off because when you plug a camera into a computer there's two different options there's a couple but two of the main options is one is kind of like a managed storage or like have it as a storage so when you do that the screen will go black and it'll say um manage storage or storage something so you won't even be able to use the camera it will be like kind of in this offloading content zone into the uh into the computer. Um, then you turn on PC remote, which is more so going to allow the camera to shoot into the, the computer, which I'm doing right here. So And I got a nice little uh, thing going on right here, which I don't like because it's supposed to be a, a trick. And I'm using a uh, ring light. You're not supposed to know about the ring light. So I might have to do this. So there you go. No one knows. But yeah, I had to I had to actually crack a beer because I was having such a hard time getting the A7S3 to pop up on the screen. I can't believe it's doing it right now. I mean, let's get real meta. So I'm gonna show the camera me while I'm filming me. I don't know what's gonna happen now. There's me, and here's me. There's actually another one of me. So we have like five of me. Probably going into infinite of mirrors. And it looks pretty good. I mean, it actually looks really good. Because, ooh, it's got a nice Apple logo in there. There we go. It's a lot of computer screen, though. I kind of like how I have the, the me in the middle and the two apples. But it is a lot of screen. 
But if we bring it this way and go like this, there we go. Ooh, now we're getting like a pretty cool shot here. We're getting a leading lines. Oh, we got people in the house. We got Matt Duffett, Evan Howe. What's going on, fellas? We're, uh, we're doing a, a YouTube live stream test with the A7S III and my Mac Studio, Studio Display. So it's a pretty big test. Um, it's actually going pretty good now. So the poor, uh, yeah, the Instagram audience. So here we go. Here we go. So, um, back to the story here. So I'm trying. I was trying to get the A7S III to plug in natively into the, the beautiful Studio Display slash Mac Studio. All kinds of issues. There's a an app called Image uh, Web. What's it called? Uh, Imaging Edge Desktop. It's kind of a weird name. Imaging Edge Desktop. And it's from Sony. And it allows you to use your Sony camera in a MacBook. Now, it's funny is when I got the Mac Studio and the Studio Display, I definitely intended to use this setup, to use it as a live streaming device. I'm kind of stubborn where I don't want to jump on the third-party live streaming software yet. One, because sometimes it costs money and it's a little much for what I want to do. Two, I'm still building up a lot of my filmed edited videos to get to the 1K monumental life. And then I can make that YouTube money. And then it becomes where live streaming makes more sense. A lot of my live streams, they don't do that well because one a lot of live streamers they fall into two categories you're attractive or you're a bigger youtuber you're a big presence on youtube and people want to listen to you they also want to listen to a topic but it's more so because you've made it and you're now uh famous on youtube so they'll tune in because they're subscribers. If you don't have any subscribers, who's going to tune in? No, no one's going to really tune in. So we'll keep the Instagram live going as well. I got that down here. No one's tuning in because I haven't done this in a while. And what I'm mainly learning with, uh, I'm just also had to seem to say again, like, look at, look at my face here. Look at that handsome guy. This looks pretty freaking great. Like, because using the studio display webcam, it's nice because it's super convenient. No, it's not horrible. But one thing I wish they did with the studio display webcam was have that follow feature that you get on FaceTime and stuff. Because you don't get it when you're using Google Meet. Or I don't think you get it when you are using... Um, the other ones, which that's like, that's what you're going to be using this, I think, more than FaceTime. I mean, I don't even FaceTime. Like, I'll sometimes get FaceTimes. I never FaceTime people. Maybe that is the thing I should do. But what is it that you do here? But I, I never FaceTime. Like, I, I'm just still, I, if I 
call, I just call. I don't even think about it. I don't even think, should I FaceTime? Should I call? It's just call. So it would have been nice to have it, the follow move because when you're live streaming with the studio display, it's static. And it's also because how a monitor faces you, you're not getting any dimension. Like, say I look at the camera like this, and I'm just staring like that. That is a less flattering shot than this. This is a better composed shot because this is just two-dimensional. I mean, we have enough going on the screen here and the background blur where this is actually not horrible, but if this was the studio display, it would just be flat background in focus. I'm in focus. It's flat image. It's not flattering. It's kind of nice to have a little bit of separation. You know, that's why it's such a unique shot in movies when the person's staring straight at the camera and it's going like this. A lot of times it'll be an evil shot. They'll be doing this. Like the Donnie Darko shot. Or the shining. So it's not a very flattering, heroic shot. It's kind of a, like, it's too close for comfort. And it sometimes uses, like, a menacing, like, in your face. And then you add the down face up. And y'all have seen that movie where they get, like, the smiles and they're, like, evil. So they, like, they get, uh, they get exposed to whatever the evil entity is that's killing people. And they, they'll turn and they'll be, like, I'll be like, the, it's really funny. It's a kind of a goofy smile. And I think people are, the movie got some some crap because of it. I can't remember what it was called. Um, but it's very similar. It's such a, a goofy feature that, you know, staring straight at the camera like this, there's so much going on here where this is nice. But in the studio display, it's a little bit, it's like, yeah, like, all right. It kind of looks like a, a MacBook Pro camera from 2000. 13. It's, but it is really convenient and it does work well enough. Now, these speakers on the other end and the microphone down here, I think works work really great because I'm using the microphone in the studio display right now. And this microphone, I mean, I did a quick test. I think it sounds great. I think it sounds great. I mean, that's with no setting adjustment. I'm pretty far away. Also have like three fans turned on right now. You see one in the shot. One's over here. One's over there. There's another one here that's not on because I had to, I unplugged my monitor to plug in the the A7S3. Oh, we don't like that yet. Back in focus. Oh no. What's this? This and this and then. So you can grab the little bar. There we go. And boom. <laughs> it's funny on the A7S3. There's the little box. Now it's around my eye again. You can like grab it with your hand kind of and then bring it to your face. Kind of like what you would do on the APC cameras. And it was kind of like a, an old school classic hack to realign focus on your face as you kind of get focus close. And then you bring your hand to your face. And the autofocus knows that, all right, I want to, he wants me to focus on that. All right, I'm going to go. And then when you get to your face, you can move your hand. And by that point, the facial recognition takes over and it understands, oh, that's his face. I'm going to focus on his face. 
but that was even a, a technique used for the last 10 years on Logitech and like crappy webcams because you know it can happen now when you when i have more tona shout out camera conspiracies we actually got double tona i'm not even fucking around excuse my language of this tona i got a blurry foreground see right here see this thing that's blurry that's blurry Who's doing that? No one's doing that. Two blurries? No, you don't do that. It's because I'm an expert in my field. I'm an expert in my field. Now, I don't even know how long the live stream's been going. Because, okay, we've been going for about 12, 13 minutes. So I thought it was interesting because I couldn't, it, when I was attempting to stream, it kept giving me the error. Like, you can't, the, uh, what's it called? The, not the proxy, the pro, the PC remote. The PC remote is not enabled, but it was. Google says the M1 chips can't use the Sony imaging editing app. So basically, the one of the downsides, the M1s, it seems, is it has a little more trouble using your really good cameras as a webcam because a lot of those I think are based on the Intel processors. Now I seem to have power through and I'm doing it right now. Now I am using Google. So because I'm using Google, which is owned by, uh, I'm, I'm using YouTube via Google. And because Google owns YouTube, it might just kind of be able to somehow slip through a little better. Firefox wasn't having it. And Safari wasn't even letting me go live on YouTube at all. So I thought that was interesting because I'm pretty sure Firefox was my go-to. I think I used um Safari as a backup, but now that I'm remembering, I would use Firefox, and then when it wouldn't work, I would have Google Chrome. But it got to the point where using the A7S III with the the MacBook Pro Intel right here w works really, really good. Now, here's the problem. The MacBook Pro with Intel, it's an airplane. Like, the fans turn on. Right now, Right now, some of the fans aren't on. I mean, I think I, I've been giving it such a rest lately, my Intel MacBook Pro, that it's finally, like, had some rest and recovered. But you'd be streaming, and unless your camera's really far away, and I mean, well, here's the problem, actually. You'd be streaming, your, even if your camera's far away, your microphone would be close. And because the MacBook Pro would likely be close to you, and your mic could be close, there would be this loud-ass jet engine noise that the Mac, that the, the microphone would pick up. Now, if you had a really good directional mic and it was only going towards your mouth, it could block it a little bit. But the MacBook Pro's fans in these 2019 Intels, even if past years, but these 2019 Intels, for some reason, it's like super loud. I think it's because they have the most 
processing power and like they really it's like two even though it's 2.3 gigahertz it has a turbo boost i think the 3.3 and it got to the point where they would just turn on and they would just stay on like no matter what like right now i don't think they're on somehow but once final cut was open or anything was going on they would they would fire up but right now i'm really impressed it's not hot and i think just giving it an overall rest and not dr- like driving it into the ground every day has helped a lot and she's still a good you know she's still a good girl still doing her job but that whole the non-existent fan in the mac studio and the the studio display the noise the non-existent fan noise is a is such a treat that I wouldn't want to try to live stream through this anymore because that fan noise does become a big deal. It's just so loud that even like just having that extra fan noise, it, it blows these other fans out of the water. But it's not even like a lofty fan. It's like a straight up propeller in a airplane fan. Like it's a lower frequency. And a higher one. It's covering more of a range. These other fans seem to be in an area that the microphones don't pick up as much as you would think. Especially the studio display microphone has some kind of pass filters on it. Like some kind of low and high pass filters. I think it also has some like computational processing going on. Which is probably like a limiter and a dynamic limiter and it's probably just like letting my voice in and then dropping down and letting my voice in and dropping down so when i'm not speaking it's eliminating background noise i mean west gatling jaw hopping west was that was cracking um so that that was the goal to like not have to hang out with a jet engine anymore and have the, the trusty Mac Studio Studio display. I still haven't heard the studio, the Mac Studios fan turn on one time. I've had it for, I've been using it pretty hardcore for a month to two months. A lot of 4K editing, a lot of even like 4K 120 at like some of the weirder settings. I've actually changed a couple of my a7s3 settings to be not the 600 mbit like you need the v90 cards but they're basically the versions that were uneditable on the intel macbooks like the 422 color and it's funny because you you get almost too used to how great the mac studio is right now yeah right now i'm working shooting on 422 10 bit and this is actually 4K60. So I'm live streaming right now in 4K60, 10-bit, 422-color. That's pretty wild. Like, that. that is... I, mean, I don't know. That's, let's see what my, my thing says. Okay, so it's only saying 720p is the quality. You know what happens, I think, sometimes... Is that for some reason it kind of like 
YouTube live stream via YouTube, I think it maxes out at 720. So even when this processes and plays back, I don't think it's going to be 4K60. It's going to be 720. They might even change it to 30 frames per second. But but it's still looking pretty... Like when you shoot at a higher frame rate, you're going to get less motion blur. So when you do this, it's going to look more hyper-realistic. It's also going to be almost like quicker, like stuff's moving quicker because there's more photographs in each second. So, which is cool because on YouTube now, you can't upload videos on YouTube that are 60 frames per second. I've actually been doing that a good amount lately. And as like a 24p guy, like I was really holding on to the the 24p is is cinematic. It is the thing. I've been actually having a lot of fun shooting in 60 frames per second. And it's almost become the new standard in some ways. Like in some ways, it doesn't seem as jarring. And it's the same with ProMotion and, and displays that are 60, 120, 240. They're more hertz. So we're getting kind of more used to the faster, hyper-realistic hyper motions. So now I'm actually shooting 60 frames per second a lot more. And just the beauty with, with 60 frames is you can always just put it in a 24p timeline or a 30p timeline. All right, we have a comment from Adobe Under 5. What's going on, brother? It looks better here than Instagram. They probably compress it there differently. Hmm. Oh, yeah, true. Well, also, oh, what's going on, man? Also on Instagram, I'm just using, like, FaceTime. Like, on Instagram, I'm just using my FaceTime app. I'm actually plugged into YouTube with my A7S 3 So that's why this actually looks really good. Um, But it's funny, the point of the stream was to kind of see, oh, can I crack this code and not have to use a third-party software to live stream because I was doing that before I got the M1 M1 stuff, but it was with my Intel MacBook. And it actually works really good. Um, you have just a little less flexibility and it's not as fun, but I'm not live streaming as much as a lot of the other Coolio live streamers, but that is the goal. Um, I just need to get my channel bigger so... People want to hear me just ramble on because really, like, as a audience member, I really enjoy an Adobe Under 5. Maybe you can chime in. Like, I love live streams, and I definitely understand they are kind of the future of, of the Internet, of this whole thing is, is live streaming. Now, it's funny because it's contradictory towards our new eight-second uh, attention span. So why is live streaming super popular, two to three to four hour live streams, if you only like to watch eight seconds of something? Now, my, my theory on this is that you've, you have people that you like to watch, and so you'll watch them for hours on end, kind of like a podcast. 
Adobe says I used to live stream all the time on one of my channels. Oh, really? What? What? Uh, did you use OBS or? Yeah, I, I love like watching live streaming, and I, I think it is like the future. And you see all these people, they get oh, you can okay, cool. Yeah. Um, are any of them free right now that are kind of easy to to use, etc.? And like, how many people did you get like watching and stuff? I actually, I used to get a good amount of people on my Instagram um, live streams, but I've just been changing my approach to like a lot of this content stuff I've been making because, well, unfortunately, I'm not a hot chick, so you guys don't really just want to watch me for no reason. So I have to actually like, like I'm not that attractive, so. Like, I can't just be sitting here and be getting money and likes. Uh, I wish, you know, maybe in another life I could be like a hot chick, but uh, I have to kind of go a different route. And StreamYard has a, uh, Adobe says StreamYard has a free version. I would get 20 to 30 people watching. Well, that's awesome. That's dope, man. Yeah, StreamYard. Okay, just StreamYard is free. If it has a free version, okay. Because I know a lot of people kind of give it crap but um i'll give that a go write that down let me give that a go because i think at least, i think my one caveat with uh the youtube just straight up natively live streaming like this is it ends up being a 720p video like no matter what it lives at 720p so even when i download it at 720p um i'm looking at my thing but but the thing is it it's basically like downscaling. And when you downscale from a super high quality, it looks great. <laughs> like sometimes, you know, when you'll watch a YouTube video and you'll, you'll not have seen what the setting is on for the quality. And you'll look and you're like, oh my God, this is only on like 360p. But it looks really good. Because it's such a high quality, even when it's brought down a little bit, it'll still look really good. So, StreamYard free. I'm going to try that. And and back to my point, too, with the live streaming, like you were saying, Adobe. So, um, like for me right now, I need to – I use uh, – Adobe says, I use Ecamm to screen record my videos in 460.60. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, it's a good idea. I mean – What, so you mean you would live stream and then Ecamm would record the live stream? So it'd be like a separate separate thing? And, and also with the... So until you... Oh, Adobe says it looks dope on a 5K monitor too. Sweet. Sweet. Nice. Yeah, I mean the, the studio display here. What do you have? The studio display? Do you have the LJ, LG, Ultrafine? Yeah, Adobe says uh, on the 5K monitor it looks good, which is uh, yeah, it's awesome. Okay, Adobe says I make tutorials and screen record Premiere Pro. Oh, cool, cool, yeah, 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 I like those. Nice, yeah, go people, go check out Adobe's channel. He's definitely like a master in uh, Premiere and the whole. I mean, like I'm more of a Final Cut guy, but I definitely use premiere and have used it but my my uh my go-to is final cut 
um, I did work for um, like a few gigs every now and then, you know, there'll be more Adobe. So nowadays I can kind of go back and forth. So luckily I, I am pretty good at Adobe now is a little bit of a learning curve, but they're similar enough where you can kind of use them both. But in the end, if you're doing like, if you have the whole suite of Adobe, it's, you're getting a lot more. You're getting, you know, 10 to 20 different softwares in one whole thing. I mean, Final Cut, you're just getting Final Cut. Now I do have Logic too, so I can use Logic plugins in Final Cut, which is nice. So I'll use a lot of limiters and compressors from Logic and Final Cut, and they kind of work really nicely together. So um, Adobe says you have the arm, you have the arm on your monitor. Mine is just oh yeah, you have the arm on monitor. Mine's just standard screen. You have the arm on your monitor. Oh, so you have the VESA mount for your studio display? Yeah, as you know, I got the standing, uh, I got the tilt and height adjustable uh, studio display for an extra $400, $100 an inch, and it was worth every penny. <laughs> the studio display is fucking awesome. It's awesome. Oh, the basic model. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 The, the studio display, man, it's funny how much I like this thing. Like you get the studio display. It's so, uh, Adobe says it's so dope. Yeah, it really is. It's awesome. Like it's just super fun. I mean, haters going to hate is what it is. So, um, but yeah, but back to the point of uh, like what kind of content, what kind of stuff are people watching on YouTube? Now, if you're not really that big, you're only the ways you're getting discovered are people are going to type in some question. They're going to type in, oh, can you live stream with an A7S3 on the Mac Studio on YouTube? Are you going to, what Adobe, you know, in Premiere, how do I edit 4K 60 and mix it with 4K 30 and just stuff like that? So, kind of getting used to being able to like know what people are going to search and you can kind of do some research in, in Google, et cetera, to find hot topics. And that's also why when stuff's in the news, everyone talks about the same thing because it's a trending topic. It's similar to how TikTok works. There's a trending sound or a freaking stupid dance. <laughs> everyone does the, the dance because the algorithm is going to pick it up and it's going to get seen. Now, I personally am, I'm not a huge fan of like the trends of life because then we all turn into the same person. We're all doing the same thing. We have the same ideas, the same views. Like what's the fun in that? Like, it's not even, it's not cool. It's not unique. Like you're not a special unique person. If you're just doing what everyone else is doing. And it takes a lot of the creativity out of being an artist. If all you're doing is copying some trend or a sound that's being used. And, and the, the real problem is, well, if you're not even going to get seen unless you do the trend, like you have to do the trend to get seen. So, and that's, that's another reason why you see on YouTube now, you know, Adobe under five, like thumbnails on YouTube are all, they're all like fucking crazy because <laughs> Like, you have to get the person to click the video. And it doesn't matter how great 
or lame your video is, if that thumbnail when they're scrolling isn't going to make them want to click on the video, they're just not going to click. Like, and if, if you have a crazy ass thumbnail and the title's kind of crazy, I mean, clickbaity, a casual user will click. So having the thumbnail is more so of a, of a, a big fishnet to catch a lot of fish. And doing certain videos that are going to draw people's attentions when they're searching for a topic, that's another net. I would say that net's a little smaller, but that's a better use. Combining the two is obviously the best. You have your small net to catch your niche audience, and you top it off with a really good thumbnail. Um, a few examples, as, as you probably know, Adobe, is like have your face humongous in the thumbnail. Like, have it be, like, like freaking, like, this big. Like, so big where it's, you're like, that's too big. Because I've realized we're all looking on our phones and stuff so much that, um, oh, we got Scotty Rowe. Oh, we got we to gotta do a quick shout out to Scotty. But yeah, Scott, you got to get that thumbnail. You got to get your face, like, right up in there. And even, like, uh, today, like, someone I work with, you know, was saying that. Oh, like this, the, his face is so big in the in the photo. But you understand too, 80% of the people are looking at their stuff on their phone. They're scrolling through on their phone. If your face is this big, no one's going to see. It's got to be like big. And especially a thumbnail. A thumbnail is going to live on a page that's this big. There's 10 squares. So proportionally speaking your big ass mug on the thumbnail is like <laughs> like that's gonna that is better than like you're just way over here hey guys like you can't you can't even see me it, i mean it's it's really it's similar to just how video works like right now this is a nice shot like i'm a medium close-up this is a proper shot. Now, I could even be closer, but because this is not a thumbnail, you know, this is a, a compositional shot, this shot isn't horrible. Now, I could be closer, like, you know, like that. Rule of thirds line, it's right on the corner, but that that is going to display, like, emotion, reaction. You can see the person. You don't. You can't just count on people to to be able to see. Just see. Like you have to get up close and personal. Scotty Realman says, "Got to show more skin." He's all about those. You're, you're, you like the trend, Scott. I, I hate the trends. Got to fit that biggie jaw in the frame. Exactly. Yeah, you gotta get your big jaw in the frame. This guy will give you a little. This guy want to see. So here's the behind the scenes, behind the scenes action. Well, this actually looks pretty cool. Wow. All right. Oh, like professional. Why the live stream's popping? What do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> no, because you're like, if you want to get people to watch your videos, really find your like 1,000 people and ha- have a smaller fan base at first. If, if, but if, if you like just want to have people to, to, if you just want attention and shit, then yeah, just get on the trends and just talk about whatever is 
the first thing in the news, have that be in your title, and then people will click on it and it'll pop up because it's a trending topic, same as TikTok works. But like I said, the other way to go about it is talk about your expertise. Like, you know, Scott is like a basis. Like, Scott, you could have, you know, there's actually a really good guy on YouTube who plays bass who might, you know, Big Bill loves and he plays all these crazy songs and like he found his bass niche. We had a question though from Adobe real quick. This is what mic are you using? You're not going to like this Adobe because it's pretty unprofessional, but it's a, it's, I'm proving a point. I'm using the studio display speakers microphone. So this microphone is just part of the monitor and it's like freaking awesome somehow. I don't know how they did it, how they're doing it. I mean, it sounds pretty good, right? Like, because also there's a, there's a, I said earlier in the stream, there's like three fans around me that are blowing pretty hard. They're blowing pretty hard. And like, it's a foot away from me too. Like usually the microphone, Scott, you know, when you're singing your number one hits, you got the microphone close. Number one thing people do when they use a microphone is it's not close enough. And you got to be like, hey. Put, put that thing in your face. It's got to be close. And they'll, like, you got to be, like, like, eating like an ice cream cone. Oh, nice. Adobe says it works. I have the monitor, too, and use the camera when talking to clients. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, the, mon- the, um, the camera actually works pretty good, I think. Uh, I wish they had the, the face follow thing on like Google Meets and, and the other uh, like the N one the what's it called um one Kyle works for Scott Scott says I'm using T ninety five that that microphone the T ninety five or what is that um Adobe says I also use a shotgun mic for studio stuff oh sweet yep yep yeah I have the um. I actually like a lot the Rode Video Micro. So the Rode Video Micro. And then Adobe also says, people are haters. The webcam and speakers, microphone are just fine. Yeah, I agree. I mean, dude, I'm a, I'm a like, audiophile. Like, I make music and, like, Scott knows I've been, like, I, I have been studying music for a long time and sound. The studio display speakers are, are awesome. <laughs> like, I don't even have speakers anymore. Like, the shit bumps. It bumps. Like, you don't have to go that loud. And it's a balanced sound, and it blows any MacBook. Pro- any other speakers besides studio display speakers for a monitor or MacBook Pro, anything that's not a dedicated audio device, studio display will just shit it out of the water. Like, it's it's the best. Like, it's fun listening to music on the studio display, right? It's like a fun experience. Like there's bass, there's treble, there's mids. Like I haven't even went to the settings yet, the, the equalizer, and it sounds good. Sorry, Scott says, Kara says, what's up, big fella? I'm hitting the hey. I love you, miss you. All right, Scott, I love you too. So Kara said, hey, I'm excited about y'all's big days coming up. Um, uh, I think I got the in. I got, I have like the dates and stuff. So just keep in touch with me about it. Uh, oh, the Texas and Scott was some of the Texas instrument calculator. 
1995. <laughs> you can turn it upside down and write boobs, right? Ah, crap. That's going to get me canceled. All right. Thanks, guy. Got me canceled. All right. Well, have a good night, Scott. Adobe says, um, I use the MKH416. Oh, sick. Yeah, I know one one live streamer who, who uses that. Um, that's a cool mic. It's like a kind of a classic old school one. Um, then Adobe says, the Sony looks good for the live stream. Sony is great for vlog footage, too. Thanks, dude. Yeah, this is actually uh, S-Cine tone, too. So it's PP11 um, S-Cine tone. We got Scottrick in the house. We got some pretty crazy people. Scott's seen boobs on the live stream. Scott, you're going to get me double canceled. Scott, look, we got all this stuff going on. Yeah, we're for a big time now. We're fucking YouTube live streaming. Um, Adobe says time for sleep. Been a long day. I'm finally done. Cool, man. We'll have a good night. Thank you for stopping by. I'll keep checking out your videos and thanks, man. Keep up the good work. Appreciate it. And he says, Vin tone on the Sony is beastly. Oh, Sydney tone. Yeah, it is. It's cool. Yeah, I really like it. Like it's kind of the new standard and I usually shooting it and just maybe put a teeny bit of saturation in it. But yeah, it's funny. Once you start shooting on it, you can't really go back to the, the normal, even though in the a7S3, the normal profile isn't horrible. It's definitely pretty nice, but I just use it as any tone unless it's for like an event shoot or a client shoot where I don't want to have to really mess around with color and then I'll just shoot normal. But, but our brother, thanks for something by. Have yourself a good slumber. Yeah. Um, appreciate all the special guests popping by. I didn't, I didn't expect this live stream to pop off this hard. Um, to be honest as well, again, I it took me like 30 minutes to get this thing set up because I really thought I wasn't going to be able to, to do it. And then because the internet was telling me that you can't use the uh, imaging editing app on YouTube, like you can't just plug natively in. Some websites are even saying you can't even stream at all anymore with an M1 and Sony's, which I was like, oh, God. But some people were saying OBS, you can. But I think I cracked the code because I'm, this is literally, I have a USB-C cable plugged in from the USB-C out of there into the Mac Studio. I did try it with the Studio Display. But it was kind of giving me that issue. When I put it in the Mac Studio, it still was. But then, like, I was on Google Meet, and actually th this angle was popping up. I was like, oh, crap. It's like somehow it's working for a sec. So I didn't give up. And then finally on YouTube, at some point, after saying, like, no PC function, it's not going to work, all of a sudden, boom, like, I saw the image. When it's like, take your thumbnail. I was like, oh, oh crap, it's working. And I like, right before I was about to give up, we have to use this or, you know, whatever. Um, it worked. So I'm pretty excited because any filmmaker or artist or craftsman knows, like, putting that first letter on the page, starting that first sentence to your novel that is the hardest part. Like there's going to be so much resistance to getting to you 
writing that first sentence, for me sitting here and saying, welcome back to another hero's journey. There's so many obstacles and resistance that want to stop you. Don't know why, but they don't want you to do it. Whoever it is, whatever force it is, whatever evil force, it will do anything to not have you do that craft. Any obstacle will come. These are obstacles I was battling, setting up the live stream. And I said, no, no resistance. Shout out the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Like, no resistance. Like, I'm winning. You're not going to win this one. I'm winning. I'm doing this live stream. And somehow, it worked. We've been going for 45 minutes. Had to shut off yet. The lighting all changed. Some of my exposure is still decent. And there you go. I win. I win resistance. But um, one other thing, too. So my ISO is pretty cranked. Uh, the film nerds can hear me out here. So my ISO is at 1250. My shutter is at one over 125 because I'm at 60 frames per second. So you double your you double your frame rate, fractionally speaking, and that's your shutter speed. It's a 180 degree rule. It's how you determine your shutter speed. So because the shutter is so fast, it means you need more light. So you need to increase your ISO, your film speed. The more you increase your ISO, though, the grainier the image gets, the more degraded it gets. The native ISO on the Sony A7S 3 in picture profile 11, that Cinetone, is 100. It's 100. Now, on S-Log and some of the, the flat profiles, the it's interesting. The ISO is actually pretty up there. I think it's... Well, there's two ISOs. It's, it has like a dual. But I think it's 600 or 680 for the first ISO, and then I think it's it's 20,000 or 2,000 for the second one. 20,000 sounds crazy, but but S-Log is so unique and flat that the ISO going up kind of enhances it because there's more like sensitivity to the light, and it's not as, there's not any contrast. It's like you look at an S-Log video, and It'll be like, doesn't look that good. You have to color correct it. Now with that Cinetone, like this is, I'm this is no color correction. This is a straight camera look, and I don't think it looks that different than, you know. Oh, we have Alex Murphy. Alex, we're in a live stream. I know I work too much, but um, you were talking about uh. S Cine Tone on the A7S3. I had to learn how to live stream on the uh, Mac Studio, the Studio Display, the Sony camera, without any third-party software. I know interesting stuff, interesting. But this it's a pretty successful live stream. I have to say, pretty successful. We had a couple couple folks stop by. 
we, we have more folks stopping in. And um, yeah, we were talking about thumbnails earlier. Some of the stuff we're doing with Surf Park Central is uh, pretty graphic oriented. And it, it is interesting. I have to have just a certain amount of clickbaitiness, but there's a fine line. So, yeah, man, hope that, how's the move going? Is it, uh, are you still sane or have you turned insane yet? Alex left. I think that means he has turned insane. So that's good for you, Alex. Glad you are insane. But yeah, so he's got the hot live stream. We got Emma, Emma in the house. Emma, hello. We're just we got all cameras and crazy stuff going on. We are testing a new camera rig with the Studio Display in Mac Studio. And it's funny, some of you Instagrammers are coming in here, and you come in, and right away I, like, say your name and look at you. <laughs> You're like, uh, leave me alone, bro. It's just because I was in a rambling spot. But right now I have three different screens looking at me. It's pretty funny. Yeah, we're about at the 50-minute mark. I guess I'll go for a little longer here and shut it off. I have a few edits I'm doing, a few edits, because... Um, so a couple, a couple, uh, tripod, I mean, I'm in tripod fluid head world right now because I had to get a new tripod with my, my ancient Ravley, um, Ravely, Ravely. It weighs like a billion pounds and the fluid head on it, whenever you use it, it just gets, it, it, it's basically the worst. It's turned into the worst tripod ever. It's stable AF, so if you just need to like set up a shot and set it and forget it, it's great. Even just setting up that one shot, though, it's like by the time you have it set, you're like on a spree of like of anger. You're like, all right, good lord, that was a pain in the ass. So I really needed a new, I really need a new tripod. So I, I do have a new carbon fiber one, but they also need fluid head. So now I'm trying a my go-to fluid edit which i really like the uh 500 mah which doesn't have fluid drag settings but the main setting is like a nice medium setting and there's just two knobs there's a pan lock and a, a tilt lock they're on the right side nice handle and it's a light thing and it's just really nice so it's main competitor kind of this is manfrotto products it's main competitor is the MO2, which is like almost twice its size and weight. It does have drag, fluid drag settings. So you can change the resistance to really just swing the camera around or to make it super like a lot of resistance and drag. So you got to kind of push harder. Fluid heads are called our fluid dynamics. Is the, it's like a physics thing. It's basically drag that is resistance against a pushing object. So when you use tripods, a fluid head has basically like oil that resists your panning and tilting. And because of this resistance, it helps you kind of get a smoother tilt. I'm sure you've used tripods when you when they're really loose or they're just not that great. It just kind of like flies pretty quick there's not like any resistance so you can't it's really hard to get a smooth pan 
with some pushback, it actually makes it easier. So I have a video I plan on doing where I'm going to compare the two because I want to, you know, get one, send one back. There is a chance I'll put the 502 Beast on my other tripod, and they could almost fix that, the Ravelli piece of crap that doesn't move because it's such a beastly tripod. If I had, like, a really good fluid head on it, it could be kind of cool and come in handy, but I've been really enjoying the Manfrotto 055 tripods, which are beastly enough, but they're also light enough where it's not, you know, it's it's still a five, six-pound tripod without the head, but the Ravelli, it's, like, it's eight, nine pounds without the head, but it just it's so much more weight. And then now I have a carbon fiber 055 and an aluminum 055. And like everyone says, like, why did I wait so long for carbon fiber? It's super superior. So I'm using it right now on top of this camera. And um, even when you touch carbon fiber, like something happens where it doesn't have, like carbon fiber can't for some reason get cold or hot. It like has its own temperature and it has a different like feel to it. So grab an aluminum tripod, it'll be cold, it can get really hot. You grab a carbon fiber tripod, and it's it's different. It's hard to explain, but it almost has like a warmth to it that just stays constant. Also, the carbon fiber tripod, it's gonna be lighter, so it's gonna be straight up just weighs less. And the material supposedly doesn't vibrate as much so it kind of absorbs vibrations more now the carbon fiber it is so light that if it's windy it could you know like my max studio is moving around right here it could get blown around a little more because of the it's so light but you know you can just use sandbags on the legs or there's like a little hook you can hang stuff on but i haven't done that test yet but i know for sure it's also more expensive so carbon fiber tripods are sometimes, they're like sometimes double. Or say, look at the Peak Design travel tripod, the new kind of standard for travel. I think the Peak Design aluminum travel tripod is like $299, $350. The carbon fiber is $599. So it's almost double. Even these carbon fiber legs, I believe, are, I got them on sale for $400. My aluminum same legs and the head, I got those for like three nineteen or something. So you do got to pay the carbon fiber tax. But once you get your first carbon fiber thing, it's kind of like getting your first your first MacBook Pro. You're like, all right, well, I got to just pay that tax and get it because it's the best. So I'm pretty stoked about those uh those kind of reviews or battles coming out of the Manfrotto tripods and then the two fluid drag systems. Um, those will be fun because I've been enjoying uh, figuring out what people have been watching. Because first off, unless you're a, a big uh, channel and you have lots of a big audience, people are going to just tune in to hear you ramble. Like, I've had people come in and out, and me and Adobe and Scott and a few others, but they're going to come in, but they don't know who I am. You know, they're going to be like, all right, dude's rambling. All right, I'm out. Like, the eight seconds of attention has passed. They got to go to the next thing. 
if you have your thousand fans, one of your thousand fans might stop by like right now, look and be like, oh wait, maybe this person does have something to say. Maybe I should stick around. I like him. I like when he spot when he speaks. But unless they're a fan, they're not gonna come to a live stream and listen for an hour, fifty six minutes. It's not gonna happen. They're gonna go to a video that's gonna explain something they need. How do I fix my my car, my key for my car? How do I edit this Premiere Adobe project? How do I stream with the A7S 3 on the Mac Studio Studio Display? How do I buy a wetsuit? Oh, and we got to wrap this up by an hour. But one more quick, quick story. I mean, who's going to watch? Who's going to actually hear this? But I had my, one of my first, hey, I saw you on YouTube moments. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. So I was going surfing. And I had a lifeguard. I'm walking the beach, you know, I'm getting a quick surf. See the lifeguard. I'm like, all right, you know, hey, how's it going? I like to wave to the lifeguard, say hello, appreciate their service. A oh, hot tip. My first real job was a beach lifeguard when I was 15, 16, 17. First real job, beach lifeguard at Virginia Beach. Shout out to all those guys. Oh, we got uh Getty Films going on, man. Yeah, I was just speaking about uh I got in real life today, someone was like, hey, I saw you on YouTube. And I was like, hey, it's Christmas. It's Merry Christmas. But it's so crazy because, like, I've just been doing, I've had a YouTube channel for so long. And, like, I, I finally, like, got serious about it two to three years ago. And I started putting my face on my videos. And I'm more of a filmmaker behind the camera. Now I'm, like, front and center. And, like, there's me on the on the screen. Like, I'm, I'm the main actor. And there's just so many people and there's so much things to do and see and watch. And I was making videos and getting no views and no watches and nothing. And and I was, first of all, I was approaching it a little wrong. But the video he watched was a, a wetsuit video, a serving wetsuit video. And he, on the beach, like, hey, I was like, hey, I saw you on YouTube. I was like, oh, no way, really? He was like, yeah. I was like, I was looking for uh, wetsuits and your video popped up and I watched it and it was, it was good. Thank you. And I was just like, <laughs> like, it was so cool. Like it was a really cool moment where it was just, it was surreal. It was, it was pretty cool because like, it also made me understand like that th those really are the videos that need to be made. I want to do these live streams more, but they take a lot out of me. They don't do very well, at least as of now. Um, you, there's not really topics you can go into, into depth with unless you have your screen share, unless you're really getting after it, but I'm just not at that level yet. You know what, too? We're already at 59 minutes. Might as, as well keep going. Go over an hour. Um, oh, my God. I'm seeing. There's actual shadows in these shots. Wow. Man, this A7S 3 Hey, who's ever watching right now? A7S 3 It's the best camera in the world. 
unless you get like the Canon RC or something. The A7S3, it's literally like showing shadows on a 720p live stream right now. And that is amazing. Like I've been blown away by by the A7S3. It's A7S3 has made filmmaking. It feels like I'm 14 again in the cul-de-sac. Colin Allen, we're making skate videos. Like it's just so fun. It's so fun. And the freaking flippy screen is just the best thing ever. You look in a little EDF, the A7S3, it's magical. It's a the IMAX. You're at the IMAX. It looks better than real life. When you look inside the EDF, the A7S3, it's the best thing in the world. Like, Try, try to have someone tell you a better camera. Um, I mean, how could you even like debate it unless you're just a fanboy of another company? And it's funny because in the end, the 12 megapixels of the A7S 3 you thought was going to be the Achilles heel. You thought the, the small megapixel on the A7S 3 were going to be what ruined it. But, like, somehow, no. Somehow, the A7S 3 it still takes phenomenal pictures. Um, Because of the small megapixels, it actually, that's why it can shoot better in low light. Because it's, like, these bigger pixels. And because they're bigger, it ends up being kind of less grainy in lower light. Like, right now... Like, this room is not that well lit. I mean, I have this light. I have my ring light. Don't tell anyone. I have, like, a crappy light on the floor. And then, like, a, a horrible kitchen light. So there's a lot of, like, pretty crappy lights going on. The walls are white, so they're, they are bouncing a lot of the light, which is nice. But this this could look a lot worse. This could look... A lot worse. And especially when I'm looking on my reference monitor, I'm just like, holy crap. That looks good. So the answer is yes. The A7S 3 can live stream with M1 MacBooks. I might need to change the title. Can you live stream with the M1? You know, because that when I typed into Google, can you do that? Right away, it was like, no, you can't do it. Now, if you want to try to do this, you have to have Google Chrome. If you have a Sony camera and you are using it as a webcam and now you have an M1 MacBook or an M1 computer or an M2, how you stream is you have to use Google Chrome or one of the third-party softwares via Google Chrome. And that's that's your best bet because you know, Chrome, YouTube, they're Google a third-party browser, there's just some kind of weird disconnect where it's not going to work. Like, I would actually... I was using Firefox. Firefox, I think, was the only one allowing me to have 720p at one point, and Google Chrome was kind of like, nah, nah. And then one... And then this new test, now Google Chrome, is allowing 720p, which is just the streaming quality or the restream. But it's interesting how... Like, they weren't really the same. It was, oh, no, you have to have, you know, Firefox, and it'll look better, or you can use a more compatible service, and it'll look better. So, which one are you going to pick? You know, 
that's just kind of up to you if you want to use OBS, third party. If you just want to try, try it out like this, Google Chrome, USB-C into the Mac Studio, and then change your camera. When you get to the end, you have to get to the end of the live stream enabling process. You're like, all right, I'm at the live stream, about to go live, and then it asks you your camera bottom. That was the problem, too. I couldn't figure out how to change my camera. On the YouTube app at the very end, it says, all right, using this camera, and you can change the camera then. So that's when you can change it to your Sony camera. The one caveat is you have to download the Imaging Edit software app, which is like the native Sony Imaging Edge Edge desktop. Imaging Edge desktop, it is the main software you need to use your camera on an M1 MacBook. Without it, it, it won't pop up. It will say PC remote function. The PC remote function is a function in your menu on your Sony camera that needs to be turned on to plug your camera into a computer and use the camera and see the camera. I think it's off by default. So when you plug in your camera to your computer, you're not going to see your camera. It's going to say like merging, uh, managing or something. Basically, instead of saying I'm putting the content from the camera on the computer like, I'm just transferring the content. But you don't want that. You want to use the camera. So that's PC remote function, which is basically saying, I'm using the camera as a PC. Um, Adobe's back. He says, my 14-inch MacBook camera sucks. <laughs> See, this plays better. Is that the M114? Yeah, there's the studio display camera... It, I think it gets a lot of like hate because like, yeah, but what are people comparing it to? Because I mean, all the other, every iPhone, iPad front camera sucks. Um, all my MacBook pros cameras have been 720p. So I've never only, the only camera that's, oh, it says M1 14. Okay. Really? Okay. Yeah. Like even the, the M1 iMac, which is uh, they claim 1080p camera and they claim it's good. I wonder which one of those are better. Have you seen the M1 iMac webcam? Because, yeah, I think it, what it is is, like, if you compare it to the other things, it is just as good or better. But, like, comparing it to an actual... $3,500 camera full frame with actual separation of foreground and background and like a zoomed in lens. And you can't, it's not the same, same ballpark. Dobie says it's a webcam exactly. Seriously, haters, how much better than everyone else do we have to look on Zoom? <laughs> Zoom, that's the, that's the website. Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a funny like competition, you're right? Like, oh, who, and even those, yeah, exactly. It's like um, it's a webcam. Like even those Logitech cams that are kind of good. Like I don't think they're that great. Like for me, when I'm using the Studio Display webcam, I'm like, oh, this looks fine. Like mostly, it's just like your background. Like you, it's like because it's straight on to you. 
you're not like paying attention to your background. It's such a wide image that you're gonna have like clutter and shit. There's no separation. Yeah, Adobe uh, says webcam is just fine. End of the day, it's just a webcam. Yeah, like because because even on Zoom calls, I actually was using my A7S3 on Zoom calls just to like be a coolio. And this is when I still only had this. I only had the MacBook Pro. And you think the the studio display webcam sucks? This MacBook Pro 2019 webcam, this thing sucks. It's horrible. It is all it's 720p. It literally is 720p. And it's it's sucks. Like it's horrible. And then also use your laptops down here so that the web it's looking up at you. It's like not the most flattering angle. The studio display camera is at least up and it, it's off the ground if you got the $400 stand. <laughs> so it's going to be looking down at you some. So oh, we got someone in the chat. We got Yuri the Hunter thinking of buying a studio display. Should I wait for Black Friday? Hmm. I would say no, man. Actually, no. I would get it. No, I would get it right now. You know why? Because it's. The, you know how long my studio display took to get? It took like three months. I ordered my studio display in late April, and I got it about three to four weeks ago. It took three months for me to get. So they're super backed up. Go to the Apple website right now, and you'll see when you go to order it. It's going to be, it's going to already be two to three months. So if you wait till Black Friday, most other people probably will too, and you, you won't get it till, you definitely won't get it till 2023. Um, thank you, boss. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah, man. Yeah, Yuri. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, if you can afford it, dude, get the, get the stand or get a vest amount or something. I mean, you can do it. Uh, Burko Bano says, got an open box at Best Buy. Oh, oh, really? Oh, sick. Nice. Yeah, they have some at Best Buy. I mean, they might only be the, um, the regular stands, right? But, if that's kind of your thing, that's it's still fine. It's still fine. Whatever you go with though, man, I would just I would just get it now. I mean Black Friday, that's in November. It's August. Yeah, you gotta wait another two months. You might have to wait another two months. So if you were you able to get Apple Care with um open box Best Buy? Boot Bubacar? Because I personally, that's why with Apple, I will usually buy it new and I'll, if it's not like an iPad, I'll usually go through apple.com because he says, no, I don't think so. Okay. Just because you get the Apple Care, which I think it's worth it just for peace of mind. And if you don't have Apple Care, then it costs like a shit, a shit ton. <laughs> so it's just your, it's just how you roll. Like, I just roll whenever I buy Apple stuff. I just buy it new with Apple Care, um, either on Amazon, B&H, or Apple. You could do Best Buy as well. Um, and I did realize that when I was at Best Buy a good amount the last, when I was buying my other monitor, Best Buy has a ton of open box stuff, a ton. So for open box stuff, it's really sick. Um, Adobe says, yeah, do you see the display once you get it? You're like, this is awesome. <laughs> right? Boob, uh, boob car, like suit display. It's, it's super fun. Adobe, 
Adobe says, Travis, do you have AirPods? I do. I have the AirPod Pros, and I have the regular AirPods as well. So I have both. I bought the AirPods a while ago. And um, then I also bought the AirPod Pros because these are these batteries are getting shitty. Yeah, I'm addicted to AirPods. I think they're awesome. <laughs> Boobacar says, no, I don't think so. Crazy good. Nice, man. I'm glad you're stoked. Yeah, Yuri the Hunter, I'm hoping we helped you out a little bit and you're pretty stoked. Oh, you got the stand too? Nice. Yeah, with the stand, it's like freaking awesome. Like with the stand, the studio display, like you have it and you're it's like on your desk, it's like the coolest thing ever. Like if you're trying to impress like girls or just impress your own ego, every day when you look at it, look at it, you're and you use the stand like every day. Every day you're gonna be doing little things. So it's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Uh Boobacar says, glad I took the stand. Yeah, same dude. Like it was funny because you know when you pay the extra money for the stand, you're kind of like I don't know. For me, it just I was like, I just gotta do it. It was it was kind of like getting more storage or something. Like, all right, this sucks, but I have to do it. Like, also, just from a personal standpoint, I I'm, uh, I have a kind of like a weird back neck. I'm a big surfer, so I'm, like, pretty adamant about being upright these days and having, like, good posture. So even, like, this, this MacBook, I have it on this stand. And, like, I'll use cardboard boxes for stuff, like, I, I was over any like I don't I don't want to be looking down I want to be looking straight and so for I got it for like a health reason like all right I want to not put it on a box and I want to be able to adjust it so Yuri says I might just get it and put it on books to save money yeah I mean that's yeah if it, it's up to you man like that's that's fine I mean that, that's basically what all of us did until we got the, the stand you know. Like I was just saying that, like I would use, you know, there's this, there's, um, it's actually like twenty to thirty dollar like little stands that are sold on Amazon that are kind of made for it. You need to try that. Um, this is actually a standing desk too, so I'll show you. The desk is going down. All right, it's coming up. So I knew I was going to have it on a standing desk. So I could have got it without the stand because I just moved the desk. But considering I could like move it and move the desk, like it's unlimited with what I can do now. I don't, I don't have to like grab a box or so. It's just up to you, you know, like, and I usually buy Mac stuff every three to five years. So I'd rather just have something that, like, I knew I'd have for a while. And, like, it's such a nice monitor. Like, you can have it for, like, 10 years. Um, Adobe says you can get a budget stand on Amazon. Yep. And some of them are pretty cool. There's a couple of YouTube videos about it. Like, type in, um, I mean, I, I made a, a studio display video. <laughs> you know, I'll put it in the chat here. Um, but it's, like, one of my pretty good performing videos, but... Yeah, a few of the people that, like, I was watching, yeah, someone just commented on it. 
a few of the people that I was watching had a couple pretty cool stands that they were they were linking. That made me think like, okay, I could go that route, but I, I've been living and putting stuff on boxes and shit for so long. I was like, all right, I'm just gonna spend the money, and, and I'm really glad I did. So. Here he says, I prefer the Apple stand. It looks better than custom stand, but I might try getting it later if I can add it. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Like, I would say if you have, if you have the money, do it. If you don't have the money, don't do it. That's what I would say. Like, I... I was buying a new computer. So for me, it was like, like I said, every three to five years, I buy the new computer. This is my actual, my first like computer. Like I've always just had MacBook Pros. So I was like, I'm just going to get something that I, that I know I'm going to like have more adjustability with it, et cetera. So yeah, I dropped the, the one video. Um, about about the stand with the with the height and tilt, but you but there's a couple. What there's one video I saw. Who was it? It was um, studio display stand. Like you were saying, Adobe. It was on some video or it was on some website. Oh, this guy. Yeah, this guy. Here we go. So this guy has a pretty good video. You should check out Yuri. That could be a good option for you. Um, he, he was saying that it's an inexpensive height adjustable stand. So as you'll see in his video, it's like a pretty cool, it's almost, it almost looks like a, a studio display stand in the skies. So, um, it's up to, I mean, oh, oh, hot tip too, hot tip too. So you can still go on Apple's education discount site and get an education discount. I would try that if you're going to order through Apple um, because you'll get a discount. So, you know, say you only spend 300 then to get the the, the high disposable stand. You know, you'd have to spend at least 50 to get the other stand. So you're spending 250. I mean, in the long run, that's, you know, also like, what are you? Are you shorter are you taller do you stand do you sit like a lot of these things kind of come into play uh bubakar says you take the regular stand and you decide to make a swap at apple they might charge you adjustable stand plus labor it's going to be over 400 get it at first buy yeah it, it's unfortunate but i would agree <laughs> i would just yeah somehow get over the sticker shock and um just get it. Just get it. Like it, it, it really is worth it. It really, it, I think as well, it's the same or a similar stand that comes with the XTR display. When you get the stand with the XTR display, it costs an extra $1,000. So if you think about that, you're kind of saving some money because the same stand, I think the XTR display can go vertical. There might be a little different, but I've looked at them. They look pretty similar. 
and dude, the the stand is like a freaking MacBook Pro. Like this, the stand is no joke. Like it's, it I once you have it and you use it for all, it's you're like, oh, it's worth it. Like it's worth it. Like you're gonna get it, and a few weeks are gonna go by, and it's gonna suck if you're like, oh, I wish I got the stand. But if you get the stand, you're not gonna be like, oh man, the stand's cool, but oh, I wish I stole that money. Like you're gonna be way happier with the stand than with that extra $400. So unless you're just broke and have no money, but if you have a little bit of money and you have a decent little job going on and, you know, then I would say do it. Uh, Dobie says that to set it off to have the stand, he says to buy it first as well agrees. Yeah. Yeah. We're all agreeing. So unfortunately now it looks like you got to shell out the extra <laughs> 400. <laughs> It's worth it though, man. It's cool. Yeah, I would say I would say it's worth it. Either, either way, get it. But I would say just maybe eat ramen for two weeks and, and get the stand. Because the stand's freaking awesome. Um, and then Adobe, you asked me about the, the, studio, the Mac Studio. I'll answer that in a sec. You said the $7,000 display gets hot too. The studio display never gets hot when I'm using it. Yeah, true. I noticed that. Actually, though, my, my studio display gets a little hot, but nowhere near as hot as, like, a MacBook Pro. Like, nowhere near. Like, it, it's maybe warm, and it's only on, like, the bottom. I'm feeling it right now. But yeah, my Mac Studio, it stays cool. Like, it never, ever, ever gets hot. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it gets warm, but not, like, the bigger one, Adobe says. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never seen, I've never even seen the XDR display in person yet still, I don't think. Do you, do you have one of those, Adobe? I'm going to grab another, another beverage. Do, do you have the, um, the XDR? Oh, nice. Yeah, the, yeah, the HDR, yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it's a six screen. I mean, like, I don't see much difference between the, the, the studio display and that one besides the HDR and is the refresh rate six, uh, 120 on the XDR or is it still 60? Oh, nice. Uh, there because I'm a film and documentary editor. Cool. That's 120. Okay, cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah, I remember when that came out. It was funny because the, X, the XCR display came out like probably three years ago now. And like you thought the studio display was expensive. Like when you saw the XCR, it was like $5,000 like, without a stand. You're like, oh, uh, what? <laughs> like it was almost just so unfathomable that you were just you're like well i mean okay <laughs> like all right like it's not it's pretty rare when apple releases something that it's just so outrageous that you're like well i mean that's yeah i'm never gonna get that thing <laughs> oh he said it's seven kept the stand too yeah yeah it's just too, i mean unless you just like have a bunch of money it doesn't matter 
Like if you just have a bunch of money, it just doesn't matter. Oh, you had two of them? Oh, wow, that's sick. That must have been pretty fun to use, though. Did you? Did you? Um, would you put them put them vertical ever? Because I, I have a uh, my. They were glorious. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. Damn, that's really sick. Yeah, I mean, th- those are. I mean, dude, I I almost had a. I was kind of close when I was like. Never use them vertical. Okay, cool. I realized with even a twenty-seven inch vertical, it's so big. It's almost like the twenty-four inch would be a good vertical. Like once you go above that, it's so tall. It's kind of silly. They are so on budget. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I had like a tiny, tiny fleeting glimpse of a potential. Like when I was getting the Mac Studio and the this thing. I was like, I don't know. It was weird. I was just like, I was like, because I actually have like the money, but I'm in a spot where I just have like a lot of, like I'm doing pretty well and I don't, I don't want to ever get near like my savings. So I, I could have bought it, but I was like, no. And I'm super glad I didn't, but yeah, it's funny how it's so much more. Like, and once you look at it, you realize the studio display, it's not even that expensive. Like, because the next option is three times as much. And, yeah. Yeah, Adobe says, I got the full Mac studio and a display for 1,000 more than the screen. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, um... You to answer your question earlier, yeah, I got the studio. I got the Mac Studio. How much did I pay? I think, my, man, my total was around five grand. Yeah, so exactly what you said, like about one. To, might spend even a little less, but yeah, one grandish to two grand less than just the screen. And yeah, my Mac Studio has two terabytes. So, and I I did get the Max. So did you get the Max or the Ultra? Yeah, and I'll answer your question about editing on it too. Um, yeah, um, editing on the oh, you got the Ultra with eight. <laughs> Damn, Adobe, you're tough. What? That's awesome. That's sick, dude. You win. Yeah, true, true. I mean, mine, mine's gonna work too, but um. In retrospect, I do wish I got the Ultra just because why not? But like people were amping it up so much that they were almost making it seem like, oh, nice. That's awesome. And the 14 inches for free for film school. That's awesome. Yeah, you're set, dude. Um, Like a lot of reviewers were saying that the, the Ultra was so intense that it was like, unless you have like a server farm. Like, it's unnecessary. So, and all the MacBooks didn't have it. 
So it almost seemed like it was some weird, like, kind of like the XDR display. It was like, oh, this is just such a big purchase and thing that, like, do I even need this? So I have the M1 Max, but it is the unbinned um, version with two terabytes. I did only get the 32 gigabytes of RAM, but that was also because of the all the hype about the RAM being better with the M1s. So I'm super stoked on it. I kind of wish I got the Ultra just because why not? And I do love editing on it, but every now and then I do see a beach ball and I get kind of pissed because I'm like, why is the beach ball there? Like I must never expect to see the beach ball, but I think I just got kind of a, like spoiled and it goes so fast. And now when the beach ball pops up, I'm like, no, but do when I was editing on, on the, my souped up Intel, it's like night and day. It's way better. Just, I just, the, every now and the beach ball pops up and it seems to pop up in like different scenarios than the Intel one. Like it pops up just kind of on weird stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, but I also am editing off an SSD, uh, the Samsung SSDs. I wonder if I did it just off the Max Max Studio SSD, if it would actually be a little faster. But lately, it's actually been running pretty well. And I think it's just kind of going through the bearings and working really good now. And I'm seeing the beach ball, you know, not that often, like three times an hour or something. Um, Adobe says... Work with the red footage for work. Files are huge. Yeah, damn. Okay, yeah. So we're specific needs. I don't recommend the full spec. Okay. For work, I'm using Adobe and Zero Edge with the Ultra. Final Cut is like butter. It's crazy fast to Final Cut. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, like export times are actually really faster, um, which is super noticeable. Like, I'll export shit, like, super fast. And then... Just like buffering and scrubbing around and that kind of stuff that's really fast. And I like I upped a lot of my my like color profile and like the bitrate basically. And you can even edit it on like what's the mode on Final Cut? Like full quality versus better performance. And like it'll still like run really great. Um but Adobe I did hear and see that there were some issues. Maybe the Ultra actually is beneficial for Adobe. FCP, yeah, Final Cut looks sick on the display too. Yeah, I really like it. It's, I really like it. Um, yeah, like Final Cut, it's on on the studio display. With, it's just, it all just works so well that it's like that's why when the beach ball does pop up. You're almost just like, oh, the beach ball. Like, it's kind of like a little break. Like, I'll take a little break. And and you just get, like I said, you get so, like, used to it running so... Does does the beach ball ever pop up for you, Adobe, when you're using the Ultra and, um, and Premiere? Oh, damn. Oh, fuck. Okay. He says, I have issues with the Adobe's and using the Ultra. Okay. It makes you feel a little better. My 14 has issue with the beach balling. No beach balls on Ultra. Okay. <laughs> never, huh? No, you've never seen one? You, what about um in Adobe? Never seen one? 
or Final Cut. Put on your M1. Which, uh, M1 Max Pro or whatever. The only time I ever see beach balls is in Final Cut, and then it's like, just sometimes, you know, when you do like a title or some kind of like weird thing, but like footage wise, it's like real smooth and like the 4K 120 A7S3 just looks great. Never seen on Ultra. Oh, damn, that's sick. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, dude. That makes me a little, I'm a little jealous. Um, little jealous. Because I, I haven't used the. Yeah, I just people just they talk it up so much. They made it just seem so unnecessary. Or, but you know what? I think. I think I might be beach balling a little bit too is because I upped all my settings and like basically I was shooting settings before I got the M1 that edited better on the Intel. So if I kind of went back to those settings, but I kind of like upped all my settings and kind of forgot about it. So like that's probably why there's a teeny bit of, of beach balling. Um, so Sony, I still still love you, but. Uh, he says the Sony footage is better than Canon. Wow, okay, it's crazy how good don't footages for raw. It's crazy how good don't footages for raw. What do you mean? It's crazy how, how the Sony is for raw. That's log. I mean, the A7S3, it's like it's like the perfect camera. <laughs> I don't even watch this guy camera conspiracies, but. His whole channel was about like finding the perfect camera, and he got the A7S III. He kind of like convinced me to get it too, but he just like <laughs> it was funny how he kind of found the perfect camera. So now the the channel is kind of like he's a comedian kind of, so it's a little different now. But like this A7S III, especially if you're more of like a filmmaker like me, it's where you want a little more accessibility. Then a red. It's it's like your best bet. Uh, Adobe says I changed my settings for Adobe to use more RAM for editing. That's why I'm the issues. The A7S3 is a great camera. Sick. Sector stoked. Oh, so you change your settings for Adobe? Okay. Use more RAM. Wow. What do you have like 120 gigabytes of RAM? <laughs> oh, dude, Adobe fucking eats up ram holy crap i saw something it was using a crap ton of ram i was like oh my god yeah in retrospect i should have got the ultra and i should have got no it's all good i'm stoked i'm stoked i know sometimes i i don't usually get like the craziest like i'll usually get like a tiny bit down and like, besides one or two little beach balls, like, it's running 
freaking amazing. So, full spec Mac Studio, nice. That's crazy. 120 gigabytes of RAM. It's just, that's nuts. I mean, you're editing raw, red. I mean, that footage must be pretty crazy. Where, where are you based, Adobe? It's huge files. <laughs> yeah. I can't, yeah. Oh, you're in Chicago? Okay, Chi-Town. Cool. All right. Shout out Kanye. Shout out uh, Chief Keef. All right. Hopefully Kim and what's his name broke up. So Kanye, give me back on top. Pete, whatever his name is, the guy sucks. I get like six terabyte files. <laughs> Are you serious? One file? <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That's cool, man. Nice, good for you. That's awesome. It's funny. I'm more of a like production guy who's getting. I do editing forever as well, but now I've been doing more editing for like the main gig too. But I've been o always kind of more of a cameraman, cinematographer, and editing was kind of also. But lately, it's been more editing for the monies because like because of the plague there's so much online streaming editing it's a little less like show up to film it's all right use your webcam and get footage from stock free stuff and edit it you know i said <laughs> though he says i suck at production no i no you're probably good dude I don't know, old your man, but like I grew up, like that's this was this is what's crazy about all this shit too is, I grew up literally filming with cameras that were SD, and they had the little mini DV tapes you put in, so they were literally like film tapes. And my first editing was I would use two VCRs, so I would literally use a VCR as like the playback record onto another VCR, the final cut. So two VCRs with VHS tapes. And for music, I plugged in a Walkman into the audio in jack. So that's how I learned how to like edit movies. <laughs> so, so you, so I hope like, that's how crazy it is that I went from editing movies on like a TV with VCRs and a Walkman to like this, like the Mac studio and the Sony A7S three, like, Within 20 years, there's been such a huge change in technology that it's freaking crazy. Like, it's so crazy to me. And that's why in the end, it's like, yeah, being, understanding the arts, art is going to help you be a little higher than, you know, 
being able to throw sample packs on the footage that do the weird edits and do all that stuff because that's kind of like a new style is like, you know, the crazy drone edits and like the weird transitions. Like that's kind of the style and the footage all looks great. But like a lot of B, a lot of that B roll, there's no like story. There's no like emotion or like catharsis or feeling. It's just like it's just B roll, like gore. It's just like it's like a gory, scary movie. Like there's no substance. It's just it looks pretty and the transitions are cool. Oh, nice. He said, uh, Adobe's had to start editing actual film from there to Avid to Adobe. Nice. Oh, wow. So you, like, did the whole, like, film with those things? That's sick. Yeah, I never actually did that. A little bit in film, because I went to film school as well. A little bit in film school, but by the time I was in film school, like, computers finally had caught up and a lot of my film school production was actually in Final Cut Pro 7. Which is <laughs> kind of funny. And you want to talk about slow editing. Holy crap. Final Cut Pro 7. And it was like every time you got a new Final Cut, got so much better. So that's why by the time I'm using Final Cut Pro on the Mac Studio, like you were saying... It's just so fast and great that you're, you get used to it real quick. And you're like, all right, I don't want any hiccups. Like on the your Mac One uh, M1 MacBook, like when it beach balls, you're like, come on, dude, what's going on? Like, don't do that. <laughs> like it's so great. Oh, cool. Debbie says I didn't start film school until a few years ago. Remember Final Cut Pro Seven? Cool. Yeah, people were kind of pissed. Because, um, yeah, like it skipped, I think. I think it just went from straight from 7 to X, if I remember right. <laughs> Off the rails? What's that? Because a lot changed. I mean, um, yeah, I think, I think it went from straight from Final Cut Pro 7 to X. I'm just double checking. Uh, you converting there? Let's see. Is there a Final Cut Pro eight or nine? Google says. Uh, I can't figure it out. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, it says Final Cut X 10th anniversary, so. Yeah, no, I think it went. Yeah, I think it was straight from Final Cut Pro 7 to Final Cut Pro 10. Yeah, okay, you're right, yeah, yeah. Oh, no way. So, is it, so Adobe says there's a documentary about the transition from 7 to Final Cut Pro X. <laughs> My light shut off here, I gotta plug this light in. Give me one sec. That's crazy. <laughs> so people, people got pissed. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Yeah, there was no eight or nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. There we are back. Yeah, that's freaking hilarious. I'm at the watch that off the rails. That's a documentary. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, Adobe says it's a good watch. People are not happy at all. That's why Final Cut Pro is the industry stand isn't the industry standard. Ah, Final Cut Pro 7 was king before the transition. True, yeah. Because Adobe wasn't even like Premiere wasn't around. I think Illustrator was around. Um because Photoshop existed for sure. But I don't know if Premiere existed yet. Oh, nice. Cool. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. Even using Adobe, you can kind of tell it's like... Using Adobe is like using Final Cut Pro 7. That's what it is. That's what it is. Because using Final Cut Pro X is like using iMovie Pro. Especially when Final Cut... Film school till teaches avid. Yeah, true, true. Even though my, mine in mine did teach Final Cut uh, Pro Seven, but I think it was because it was right around the transition period, so they kind of knew like what was coming. But um, like avid still is the standard. But yeah, it kind of sucks. Like said, avid sucks too. Like it's. Yeah, like these days, unless you're just working for a reality TV show or a movie, like just I would just say use Premiere or Final Cut or even DaVinci. Like I don't see any reason to have to use, especially as Avid was kind of based on like the actual film as well. And I don't know if it's as integrated into the software as like Adobe and Final Cut, which is Apple. Um, Oh, nice. Use a W program time sneaking Final Cut on people. <laughs> oh, we have some some uh, people in the chat in the Instagram. Head to bed. Just dropping a good night. Thanks, man. Cool. We had Ryan dropping in. Um, we're on hour forty five now. Adobe, we're really this is a great live stream. Thanks for stopping in, man. I appreciate you. Um, well, it's funny because my last one of my last main big jobs, I had to use, I had to kind of learn Adobe, and I got pretty good at it um, a few years ago. So now I'm good at it, but you know, it is just funny some of those tiny little things, like oh, how do I like snap the clips together on the timeline, or how do I like where are the settings to export, like where are the bitrate settings? There's just so many. Tiny little things, which Final Cut is pretty good at shortcuts. I know Adobe is too, but they don't, they're not the same. So when you go from one to the other, it's easy to get confused and to be like, all right, what's the shortcut for copy, paste? Oh, wait, Adobe, I can do this. I, I, so it's like, oh, yeah, okay, true. Yeah, Adobe says now that Frame.io is around, we don't need to use Avid anymore to share files and the interface. 
Yeah, Frame.io is great because you can just like, it's like a, it's like Canva or something just for video. Yeah, click on that empty space and click delete. Yeah. Yeah, my current work, I'm doing a lot of editing and it's like kind of just me. So I'm not having to share my edits as much um, for video, which is kind of nice because I can just work on local hard drives and it makes it a little less easier or a little less hard, a little easier. Like Frame.io is awesome. Like that's, which I don't know, is Adobe, Adobe, yeah, I guess you, yeah, true. I guess the Adobe and Final Cut is both, both work well, but I just only use Adobe with Frame.io. I didn't use Final Cut um, to, in, in like conjunction with it. We got Kate in the chat. Kate, your ring light. We have the ring light donator. Look, my set's like really firing. Um, Adobe has Teams and Frame.io. Oh, so is Frame.io an Adobe product? That makes sense then. Or kind of like they can work together pretty easily. That's cool, man. It sounds like you're killing it, dude. Good for you. Good for you. Oh, it's a standalone product. Okay. Oh, you're right. Adobe does have Teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the nature of their software. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, and you like you can send a project file, and it kind of like. You can open up the project file, yeah. I guess in Final Cut you can do that too, but the way they did like their optimized media and stuff, it makes it kind of harder. Oh, nice, good for you, man. Yeah, Debbie said I just like editing. My film game sucks though. <laughs> well, it's funny, man. I'm like kind of the opposite because, well, growing up. I did like editing a lot, but then in college, you know, I would spend way too much time in the edit lab. And by the end of it, I was like, I don't want to be a video editor. Like being a video editor, you're basically sitting there in front of a computer screen all day, every day. And it sucks. It was, was my thought. So I got more into production and I would edit, but I always liked being able to shoot as well and not just like everyday edit. The last couple of years, and as I get older, I've been doing more editing, and I actually kind of like it now because one, it's just like less physically exhausting. Like shooting video and shit is like really exhausting. Like you gotta, and it's just there's so much uh, like mental, in real time mental like thought that goes into it. Like, are they in focus? Is it recording? Is the, there's so many things going on? And you're also kind of physically moving and touching and grabbing and like heavy shit. All it's there's so much going on that it's it's like kind of intense. So to like be doing it all day every day for eight to twelve hours, it's like it actually becomes like that's way harder than like sitting and editing, which you know you can kind of take a break, you can look around. It's not in real time, but you can make an edit, watch the edit. So they're actually pretty different and now that i'm a little older and it's like 
I like to surf and do physical activities. When I work, it's kind of nice to like work mentally and not as physically because if I worked physically all day, I wouldn't be able to surf and walk and enjoy life because you're so beat up from from working. I, I don't know how anyone like works on a film set 16 hours a day, like being a grip or something. Like I, I just don't get it. I wouldn't last like a, a week. I wouldn't last barely a day <laughs> being like a grip. Like it's basically like labor. It's like slave labor. It's like so intense and it's like, it's backbreaking. <laughs> so, um, let's see. And Debbie says, oh, nice. Yeah, I like to see the story come to life through the edit. Oh, geez. Spent years in a wheelchair? Dang, dude. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, it's tough, dude. Sorry. Yeah, I know you mean though. Like you're, if you're sitting there anyway, it was a good like. That's why for for me, like I'm a musician, but a lot of my music is like making beats, and it's really similar to editing. Because you got to sit down, you open up the DAW, you open up Logic or, um, Ableton or Fruity Loops. It's super similar to an editing platform where it's NLE. It's basically like a timeline. And the timeline's nice because it's like not in real time. It's like a it's like created time that you can start again and play and pause. So it's kind of nice to always come back to like this real timeline and mess with it. And that's why if you like these days, if you're like a good video editor, you could be a good mu- musician. I mean, De- uh, Dead Mouse didn't even really know musical theory when he like got big and became like one of the biggest techno artists. He didn't even he didn't even know like actual theory of music in terms of like uh, like notes and how notes are structured and how music chord progressions work, how music's played in terms of like a progression of notes and chords that have a circular path and like pop music in general is chord progressions and then leads and then scales on the leads. Like it's kind of mathematical. So it's basically learning like a language, like the music language. He didn't even know that, but he was so good at basically like editing sounds that he got humongous and became the one of the biggest musicians in the world just because he was so good at editing sounds and on a timeline and producing them. So the computers like kind of took over the musical theory because he could just quantize and uh, pitch harmony the sounds. So if it was out of tune, you just put on the pitch harmony and it makes the, the sound and the song into whatever pitch you want. So it kind of erases the need to know what the next note is because the, the pitch harmonizer will tell you. So it's pretty interesting how, how, how Dead Mouse, you listen to his stuff and it sounds like 
he's like Beth, uh, Mozart, <laughs> but he never knew actual music theory. Okay, yeah. Adobe says logic's dope. I saw a friend who use logic in their music. Yeah, I that's my main thing nowadays, logic. Sound design's a gift for real. It's not nearly as easy as people think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think sound and video, they go hand in hand. I mean, as you know, it's like a lot of people severely misunderestimate sound and how important it is in a video and a social media edit and anything. Like if the sound is off or not good, it's way more impactful than people think. Like it depends on what you're looking for, but it's subconscious too. Like I'll, I'll watch YouTubers who stream like even worse than me. <laughs> like they're, they're using like a MacBook speakers the webcam they're way far away the sound sucks there's a weird white noise but i just like them so i'll watch but it's not any coincidence as someone gets bigger their sound gets clear cleaner clearer as their video does but you can't overlook sound like ever and if you're good at sound it'll make you a better filmmaker Nice. Debbie says, all right, send you the link. Tell me some done. Getting to get Z's. Yeah, man. Yeah, for you, it's kind of getting later. Well, dude, thanks for stopping by and keeping the chat going and making the live stream really pop off, dude. I appreciate that. Thank you. Like, this ended up being, like, a pretty sick live stream for when I potentially wasn't almost able to even get it work. That ended up being, like, a really sick thing. So, thanks, Adobe. Have a good sleep, man, and I uh, appreciate your chiming in, too, with the studio display info. Hopefully, uh, our young friend, uh, Yuri, what was his name? Uh, yeah, Yuri the Hunter pulls the trigger. So, cool. Thanks, brother. Have a good night. Peace. Well, all right, guys. So a two-hour live stream. Yeah, it's a record. Yeah, it's a record. Um, my last legit live stream that was a hundred episodes. How long was that? That was that was uh, I think it was like a hundred. Uh, I think it was like an hour. I think this might beat my, my personal record for live streaming, which I think was a little over an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Can't seem to find the video now. But it was my 100th episode. 100 episodes. Oh, 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 hour 54. So, hour 59, I have surpassed my record of live streaming. So, go me. Go me. Somehow the camera hasn't shut off. My light shut off. You know why? Because my battery died. But we're actually going to keep this live stream going. You know why? Because I want one of these live streams to be over two hours. And that's what we're going to do. 
So in the meantime, I'm going to use the restroom. You guys stick around. And I'll be right back. And maybe we can even get a little... Yeah. We'll do this. We'll have Steve Display looking back at its own self to really confuse everyone. All right. Restroom sesh. Right back. back. I appreciate everyone's patience. All right. Still looking great on here. Two hours. We did it. New hero's journey live stream record. Let's go. Let's go. Whew, man. Talking for two hours is hard. <laughs> Lost my voice. Well, I think that probably should wrap it up, even though I just walked out the screen, came back in three minutes, and you're obviously not watching anymore. But I just want to keep rambling, because the fact is, this is the longest live stream I've done, and that's pretty cool. Because this is the first live stream I've done with the Sony a7S 3 plugged into the Mac Studio. 
and the studio display. And it looks really cool. <laughs> and it's fun. So you don't even want to end. Using the... MacBook Pro live streaming. It sucked. You know why? Because of Jet Engine. This computer would make a noise like you were on a jet engine. And it was never fun. Cause it'd be it'd be and you wouldn't know if it was in the mic or if it was just you hearing it and you have to test it and being hot and but the max Mac Studio has not made one peep. The studio display is like even cooler now. And it has a camera plugged into it. Well, it's, it's plugged into the, the Mac Studio has the camera plugged into it technically, but the studio display, there's still a lot going on here. And this thing is handling it very well. Um, so, yeah. I think we're going to have to wrap it up there, y'all, just because it's getting late. I ran out of my topics on if I can live stream with the Mac Studio and the Studio Display. The conclusion is, yes, you can. You can live stream. Without any third-party software, with the A7S3 and the Mac Studio. Now, can you do it with the A7 III? Can you do it with the A6000, the A7 IV? Maybe. If you want to accomplish that, I would suggest you use Google Chrome. You turn the camera on off a bunch. You unplug the USB a bunch, you download this image, uh, edge, what's it called? Imaging Edge Desktop app, which is the, it's kind of like the Sony app for, um, like editing with Sony on a computer. You use, it's kind of like Photoshop for Sony cameras, basically. But it's a lot more than that. You can use it as a remote or your Sony camera with your computer. You can use it as like a monitor. You can have your camera plugged in. You can just wirelessly too into your computer. Use the Sony Imaging Edge app and like change the shutter speed. Hit record. You can have your camera way over there and you're sitting in here. Hit record. You turn the shutter on, off. Or you turn the shutter up, down, ISO, F-stop. Cord stop. It's pretty cool. And even as pretty decent editing software, it's free as well. It's free. Um, you can edit your pictures in there, which for a little bit, my A7S3 with the photos, there were some issues where I couldn't like edit them on the Intel MacBook because they were some kind of a weird file. 
luckily now it's all works fine on on the Mac Studio, but the workaround with the Intel was the Sony app, the image edit, uh, image. I can't remember the, the freaking name of it. Imagine Edge, Imagine Edge. Such a weird name, Imagine Edge. What does it even mean? In the in that app, you could uh, edit the raw Sony A7S III files. So I'd I'd actually have to use use the app like I had to, because you couldn't import the files in the iPhoto. You couldn't even look at them on your Finder. Like you couldn't even view them without the that app. So I'm kind of used to the app now. And when you edited in the app, it had pretty similar to Photoshop edits, at least like the baseline. Um, so that was great. But and a lot of times, or I just export it out of there as a TIFF, like a big ass file. And then as it, when it's TIFF or a PNG, then you can edit it normally. Um, so yeah, like maybe I'm getting lucky, but and I think uh, also y'all, this is going to be a new weekly format Thursday nights Thursday night live streams pretty excited about it not excited about two large circles on my glasses but I could, could be my new look um but I think Thursday nights are work well because it's not Friday you know people that have lives do stuff. It's not the weekend. It's not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because that's Thursday night is like could be the could be the go-to. So that's where we're going to attempt from here on out for these next few weeks at least. Thursday night live streams. I'm thinking probably around seven or eight. Just run them into the ground. The goal would be at least an hour. If we keep going like this one and over too, that's, you know, that's great too. But it's funny because <clears throat> like my throat literally gets dry after 45 minutes to an hour and it's hard to keep just talking. But some people can just ramble on until the cows come out. <laughs> It's a little more challenging for me, but if I'm if I'm engaging with people, like Adobe, who luckily came in and we were just really chatting up for a while, and like he he's got a great channel too. I'll check out this guy Adobe Under Five. Um, really good editor, and was kind of a uh, encouraging me a little bit to 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 do the live stream more because, you know, he popped into one of them and was like, hey, this is pretty cool. And they're all right, cool. And, and I hadn't really been doing many live streams because, one, they're challenging. Two, they don't usually get views unless you're big. Oh, when it's earlier, but you don't get a lot of views. And editing, etc. other videos is, takes so much time that it was kind of on the back burner, but. Now I got my at least set up for now, so this could be the new go-to as long as the hiccups don't come like they wanted to come earlier when it was saying, no, 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 you can't do what you say in the title. 
no live stream for you. No live stream. But, all right, guys. I appreciate everyone for watching. Made it this far. You are a champion, scholar, gentleman, princess, wonderful, amazing human, or other. And thank you. Thank you very much. Seriously, thank you for watching. I'll continue bringing this A-plus content for you to consume. Just eat it up. Uh, check out my last uh, edited video. It's all about the iPad Mini 6. Is it my new best friend? The answer is yes, it is. Besides the studio display, it's my second best friend. And, yeah. Till next time, Ty. Till next time, guys. Peace.